Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Live from Ford Field, it is the preseason game one recap. My name is Jeremy Reisman. With me, Eric Schlitt is here to do a little post-game show. Not something we're probably going to be able to do every week, but uh, we figure let's keep the, the ball rolling on some of these kind of daily podcasts. And instead of being in the in the Reisman recording here room, we're, uh, we're recapping a, a Detroit Lions preseason win. Yeah, I, I mean... I'm a little disappointed that you don't have a room named here after you, but um, we'll just, you know, we'll just, we'll, you know, get by with what we have. Yeah. I mean, Lomas Brown gets announced into the <laughs> Lions Hall of Fame. Maybe I'm next year. I, you know, maybe. Fingers maybe. crossed. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's recap the game. Lions, as I mentioned, do win 21-16. The, the outcome of the game, not all that important, but. Um, no, it's, it's important to Dane Campbell. It is, but it's not that important. <laughs> um, but I think. I, I kind of want to jump right into like some standout players and things like that. We'll talk a little bit about everything. And I think the, the conversation has to start on the defensive side of the ball because Lions defense looked good out there. And, and granted, you know, we're not seeing starters really on either side of the ball playing other than a, a few young guys here and there. But the, the defense was put into a lot of tough situations because of some offensive struggles early in this game. Mm-hmm. And they played well throughout. And there were really, really a lot of guys that, that you have to come out of this game thinking, you know what? They improved their chances to make the roster. They improved their chances to be in the starting lineup. Uh, a lot of a lot of good performances tonight. Well, yeah. I mean, we have to remember that Nate Sudfeld turned the ball all over twice. Yes. Um, they went for it on fourth down twice and didn't make either. One of them was right. in their own red zone almost or just outside of their own red zone. Uh, and then they went for it uh, late in the half. Um trying to make a fourth down conversion in the end zone to, to kind of close the half out there. Right. So, yeah, the defense was definitely not in the most advantageous spots, but they uh, they they showed some effort. I, I think the most telling quote from our conversations was late in the game when the uh, defensive line was uh, Julian Aquara and then Levi Onzerike, and then Broderick Martin, and then Romeo Aquara, and you said two years ago this would have been the starting offensive line, and they're playing late in the fourth quarter, right? And so, like, game, that, yeah. that tells you um, where this roster is and where it's gone, and it, it should give you optimism uh, moving forward. Yeah, and so let's let's talk about some of those performances, and let's 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 rewind to the first quarter because there yeah. were there were even some good play from from those guys and. I mean, I don't even know where to start here because, you know, Jack Campbell had a, a nice stop on, on a fourth down play with a little help from uh, Jalen Reeves-Mabin. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought Malcolm played really well. You know, really, this this linebacker battle that, that has been, like, last year they promised it was going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> this year it actually feels like a bloodbath. Right. And I, I'm starting to buy into that whole kind of narrative that 
there are three or four or five guys capable of playing a starting mm-hmm. linebacker role on this team in a, in a you know a good level and it showed to get up again I think in this game yeah I think of the starting or the top four linebackers the yeah. ones that they've leaned on for the majority of camp I thought those guys all played very well I, I don't think any of them really had a bad game at all um, little up and down with some of the deeper reserves at linebacker but the, the top four definitely look like they're all are you including Jalen in that group because obviously Alex didn't play in this game right no I mean just in general okay. what I mean like I think yeah. Alex not playing is telling of you know what his spot right. is and what course. his role is but yeah like like Derek Barnes, Campbell, Rodriguez, I thought yeah. all all three of them played very well. And then, um, you know, Reeves Newman had a couple of really good splash plays, but he also got beat for a touchdown True. as well. So uh, a little bit more. Though. Yeah, a little bit more up and down. But, um, yeah, it was just I thought the linebacker group is uh, they're developing at a nice pace. And and, and usually this was a, an area of the of the defense that you were looking at saying, Boy, I'm looking for someone to step up, and now it's like I don't know who had a bad game amongst the group, which right. is a really nice, you know, development. Uh, we've gotten I don't know four or five minutes into this podcast, and we haven't mentioned how much of a beast Brian Branch is. So let's oh, just mention man. that Brian Branch is still very much a beast. Didn't even play that much in this game, which he played be, one quarter, one yep. quarter, right? Yep. Um, and of course, he made a big play, uh, a big tackle for loss on just a phenomenal read of the play coming from halfway mm-hmm. across the field to make a perfect tackle. That just like that felt like the first play that really got the Ford Field crowd here electric. Yeah, they. Uh... It was on Cole, Cole Beasley, too, right? So he's like yeah, he's, he's a starting capable player. Right. And I mean, it was a couple of years ago. Peter King was putting Cole Beasley as like a all pro, right? As a slot receiver, <laughs> right. right? And so like um, and, 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 and he's a different type of receiver, right? Like he's he's more quick than fast. And so Branch, when you look at Branch's skill set that you would think maybe he doesn't match up as well. But I thought he handled that. Uh, that type of receiver well today. Yeah. And I, I thought he, 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 even when Beasley would make a catch on him, uh, I think he made one catch on Branch and Branch immediately made the tackle. And so like, it's, it's very reassuring for your Brian Branch fans that like, he's able to play against these different body types, because if he's, you know, laying the hammer on, on, a, on Cole Beasley, you know, what's he going to do against a, re- a slot receiver that's, you know, not as fast or quick, right? And, and so the arrow continues to point way up for Brian Branch. Another guy early in the game that I thought had a really good game is, is John Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we just have to talk about him on this podcast. No one talks about him. <laughs> no one. <laughs> uh, no, we don't really have to talk more. more no, uh, I want to talk about Okay, him. I, I was just going to say, like, to me, that the front seven – just in general was great today yeah. and that's that's super promising considering that's been a weakness in the past and considering we we, we didn't even touch a lot of the starters mm-hmm. look with kaminsky i i have three notes on him it's his technique is textbook his effort is is maxed and he is it's almost unfair having him go up against uh reserve offensive linemen right. like he just Agreed. looked better right and so he that branch play that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It was Kaminsky that created the presser. Yep. Kaminsky that created the the uh, you know he's chipping a guy and he's running towards the sideline and and that's you know for a guy his size to be able to do that is really 
a good sign and and one of the reasons why they the Lions were so quick to resign him this offseason and this is what we've seen from camp and you know maybe we haven't talked about him as much as uh, he deserves <laughs> uh, like for real but um, he's just he's clean he's he does everything the right way and he's going to be a, a, a pivotal piece in allowing the Lions defensive front to go between four and five man fronts well if we're talking about the, the the front seven, we have to talk about the second half because mm. that's when some of the most interesting things happen because talk, I mean, you mentioned it when we're playing deep in the fourth quarter, there's all these guys that used to be starters on this team and yeah. guys like Julian and Romeo yep. and, and James Houston all made plays there in the mm-hmm. second half. And obviously, you know, Julian has the, the biggest stat sheet and, and probably was the best performer as the, in that group. And the thing he did was the thing that, we all knew he had the potential of, but we haven't seen. And it's that electric pass right. rush. Like, he was electric as a pass rusher. And you're just like, where has that been for three years, Julian? Well, yeah, we haven't seen it three in the past three weeks either, right? Right. And then, but, like, his hand usage was on point. Um, the offensive tackles were not able to get a first punch on him. He was getting to them first. He was making quick moves, dipping under. And it was just, it was just a lot of really promising technique that we haven't seen him execute um james houston kind of gets lost in this because he didn't didn't have his you know the three sack day like julian did but you also saw houston you know setting up offensive tackles the way we've seen him do in the past and while he just he didn't get home like julian did i thought he did all right too um this does make the competition between them a lot tighter and it makes uh the conversations that the coaching staff are going to have to have about like how many edge rushers do you keep harder. Uh, but you know, that's, that's just part of the process here. And that, that you got two more games to go too. So yeah. this, this battle's far from over. It's just, it's interesting because we've been saying all training camp, like, listen, we all saw what James Houston did last year, but we're seeing at training camp. This guy's mm-hmm. repping with the third team. Yeah. Dan Campbell saying like, he's too inconsistent. He needs to be more consistent. He needs to be a more well-rounded player. He needs to play the same linebacker role where he can be more of a three-down player. Mm. And we get pushback every time we talk about, like, is he on the roster bubble? He might be. Right. And after a game like this, you have to also wonder, like, Julian outplayed him. And if Julian's yeah. outplaying him, what do you do with, with James Houston? And it seems insane to cut a guy who had eight sacks <laughs> in, in, you know, nine games or whatever it was. But... Yeah. We're not that far away from that road. Am, am, am I overreacting? A little, a little bit. Okay. I, I, a little bit. Um, because I think that the technique is still there. I just think Julian. It was just a really good day for Julian, right? That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't think. I don't think Houston's game day was necessarily bad. I didn't say um, it was either. No, no, yeah. no, no. I agree, but um, I'm not. I'm not insinuating that. Uh, but like, I I do think if we're gonna when we start looking at you know, what his long-term prognosis is. I, I think it's it's a little bit early to, to, to figure things out. So I, I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what to do with it. What we did see is we did see him uh, drop more, right? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I'll need to re-look back to be able to give a, a proper diagnosis of how he did. It didn't, there wasn't really anything that I think that stood out to me watching it live. So... Um, I'm not sure we get a we can get a full evaluation of how Houston's game was. Um, yeah, just just because he was being used in, in different ways. Let's move over to the offense where things weren't nearly as rosy. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we I think we have to start with with Nate Sudfeld. 
very rough start to the game for him. Literally his first pass, he forces a ball to Jameson Williams right. while under pressure. It gets easily picked off. It doesn't get a ton better from there. Throws another pick while targeting JMO later and a ball that was way behind JMO. Um, and high. And high. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's tough, right? Because people almost don't believe us that he was actually looking like a good backup quarterback for the first couple of weeks of training camp yeah. um, because he was bad this week in, in joint practices. He was bad in the preseason game. Um, although Dan Campbell did say he, he, he thought he saw more good than bad out of, uh, out of Sudfeld, which might just be protecting his guy a little bit, but um, a lot of it, I guess I, <laughs> it almost feels like it doesn't even matter at this point though, honestly. And, and Martinez comes in for, yeah. for, you know, two or three series in the fourth quarter. He gets the game winning touchdown, you know, at the end of the game. And, and it's good for him. And, and mm-hmm. Campbell's even said at the end of the game, like he showed a lot more poise than, than we'd seen in the past. So we're really excited about that. But then he was asked about Ted, Teddy Bridgewater and the plan going forward with Teddy Bridgewater. And he says, yeah, he's going to cut into Martinez's snaps. <laughs> like it, 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 it's just going to be Teddy and it's going to be Sudfeld. So like there's no danger here of Sudfeld losing his job to Adrian Martinez. No, I don't the, think so. The question is, can Sudfeld make it so they keep three quarterbacks? And this was obviously right. a step into maybe let's only keep two. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I do think I do agree with you in that, in that aspect that I don't think Martinez is, is really going to challenge Sudfeld for that QB three spot. And yeah, he had a good game, but you don't, you don't make a roster off one game right. when you, when you have uh, 13, 14 other practices where the other guy looks clearly better. Um, you know, the coaches don't disregard that. Right. So I do think Sudfeld is, is the real question here. Like, yeah. where does he end up? Is he going to end up at, as on the roster QB three, or is he gonna, you know, be on the outside looking in, and I think after this performance, it's you lean a little bit towards the latter. But yeah. he's like I said earlier, he's got two, more, two games. more games, yeah. so um, he'll have a chance to prove his value. There's there's a lot of things he does behind the scenes that are that are important. Uh, at the same time, if Teddy gets up to speed quick, uh, it could be uh, a it's it's it would be a much tougher road. Uh, I. I think I think we can't avoid this topic either. We got to talk a little Jameson Williams. He yeah. played three quarters in this game. Yeah. Um, again, Dan Campbell said something that might surprise people, which is he saw more good than bad out of Jameson. He said he wanted to see Jameson come out with crisp routes, a lot of intensity, and he and he got that. And so, I don't know. It, it's certainly the Jameson Williams we've seen so far, which is mm-hmm. he has a deep shot, a per, one of one of Sudfeld's best definitely his best throw of the entire day lands right on his fingertips comes out there's a miscommunication between him and Sudfeld you you never really know whose fault it was but considering there's been so much of Jamison Williams not being on the same page as his quarterback as we've seen throughout camp it seems like the development is slow there but this is his first preseason game this is probably the most snaps he's gotten in an NFL game Mm -hmm. albeit a preseason so we, we need to still continue to preach caution, but at some point, this has got to turn around a little bit, right? Yeah, uh, two receptions on seven targets is not a, an ideal stat line, especially when it's only for a total of 18 yards, and this is a deep threat, right? But the two-point conversion. Eh, okay, good. I mean, look, I mean, look, that was great. That was a great catch. It was. That was. I mean, and that, and that kind of – that's, that's, I think, the thing with J-Mo is that he flashes yep. that – 
talent that you're like, holy cow, you can't teach those skills. And he flashes that. The The thing is, is he just isn't consistent right now. Right. And that inconsistency is, I think, the maddening part about oh. this whole evaluation is right. because he's it's look, he's going to make the roster. He's going to miss six weeks. He's going to play when he comes back. He's he's it might take him some time to reacclimate again. But like he's loaded with talent. It's just a matter of being consistent and being on the same page as the rest of your teammates. And and right now he's not. So, you know, there's going to be some negativity that surrounds a player that has high expectations that is inconsistent. It's and, and I get that fans want to push back on it. At the same time, I don't think, you know, uh, look, we're not like targeting him or to be negative or anything, but like we have to, you know, we have to call it like we see it. And right now he, he had a drop on a, on a deep pass and uh, his stat line is not wasn't that great, even though he made a really good two point conversion. That, right. that really was great. I mean, in the, we you'd just like to see more of that in uh, in the next couple of games. We also got our first look at a, at a couple Lions offensive weapons uh, in rookies in, in Jameer Gibbs uh, and, and Sam Laporta. Laporta has a, a critical drop on that fourth down play. <laughs> Didn't really see. I don't think that was his only target of the day. So it was just unfortunate kind of debut for him. But I don't think there's much concern there yet because that's not something that, that we have seen consistently out of him. Yeah, no, that was like that was an anomaly yeah. in all honesty. And like if coaches were worried about that. He would have played more, right? Right. right. Like that's a good point. The fact, he did not play much. Yeah. They, they, after the first quarter, they were like, "Well, that's enough. You've, yeah. you've got your feet wet. You're good. We know what you are." Yeah. And uh, and that's you know, a lot of how you look at this game and what coaches think of the players on this roster it will come down to, you know, did they play? How long did they play? Right. When did they play? Right. So like a guy like Isaiah Bugs dressed. But he played one series and then that was it, right? And he was like, About, yeah. cool, I'm good. Yeah. Derek Barnes, uh, I think he played one series and then, and then, then, and then he came back yeah. for like one play. Um, but again, they're really high on Derek Barnes. Yeah. Jack Campbell needs a ton of reps. Right. And so like and, – and you see this like when you start evaluating like, you know, who where, where guys are on the roster. And then there's some situations where like you only have – a couple of guys at one spot, and so that guy's going to get a lot of run. But for the most part, um, you know, you have to kind of look at the fact that, like, well, like with Laporta, like they pulled them because they're comfortable with them. Right. It's the same thing with um, with Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs yeah. Right. Let's yeah. talk a little Gibbs because mm -hmm. you know, not statistically a, a, a blowout day for him. Six rushes for 19 yards, just over three yards of carry, mm -hmm. and had that 18 yard catch, uh, which was a nice little play by Sudfeld and a nice run after the catch from from Gibbs. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I, I think a lot of Lions fans had the same feeling I did during the game, which is like, imagine this guy behind a good offensive line because, <laughs> because the offensive line was just a mess and we don't have to get too much into that. Um, but it, it, it was not great today mm -hmm. um, in, in, in all three sets of, of, of offensive linemen. But, but were, yeah. let's, let's stick with Gibbs for now. Like, mm -hmm. what, what were your first impressions of Gibbs? Uh, I, I think his lateral quickness showed up uh, today. Yeah, yeah, that um, one that he kicked to the outside. Yeah, like he he kicked it, and when he kicked it, like that, there was he he was just you knew he was going to get there, like yeah. because like he just has that gear that like not a lot of 
defenders or not a lot of guys in this league have. I mean, it just he has that ability to to move out very quickly. Um, I thought they ran a lot of vanilla schemes with yeah. him during run plays, which were basically just like like sprints or, or like little off tackle stuff. Um, I'd like to see them run more like outside zone, um, and maybe they're saving that right. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty vanilla run scheme, and uh, I think they're gonna <coughs> with Gibbs. You you don't want to you don't want to give away too much, right? right. <laughs> and and I think that's kind of what it was. It was here's a little taste, get your feet wet, but we don't want to give away you know all the things that we want to do with our, uh, our our shiny new offensive weapon. Yeah. Uh, other standouts on offense: uh, Chase Cota had a really good day. James Mitchell had mm-hmm. a big play, and and a couple other addition additional plays. Uh, Dylan Drummond, kind of a quiet day, although not not a bad. You know he. He almost had a touchdown, he but was it wasn't open. great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was he 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 got separation, um, and yeah. if that ball was on target, that's a touchdown, right? Uh, Antoine Green, three catches, thirty-six yards. Um, who out of I guess that group, maybe the receiving group, do you think maybe well, was what's uh, most impressive? Yeah, for you? I, I thought Mitchell was the guy that I you know yeah. like you can see how that usage translates, right? Right. Um, Coda looked nice, and, and like those other guys had some had some good plays. But I think with with Mitchell, you can see how when you put him in the game, those little faint blocks, and then like peel outs, and then the ability to turn it up and get some yak, like that's that's how they're going to use him. And yep. and it, and he it, it's you can see him having those like games where he maybe he puts up fifty yards right. in, in a game, or maybe he gets you. Two receptions, but one of them's a touchdown, and and so uh, I was encouraged by Mitchell. Yeah, I think that's the value of having a guy who can be so balanced for you. Is that mm. when you run those kind of fake plays where it looks like he's rolling out to block, and then he slips through, and and is wide open, like it's because he's that dual threat guy that he's keeping defenses honest there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're twenty one minutes into this podcast, and we haven't even mentioned the biggest play of the game. Which oh, was yeah. Murray's Alexander's ridiculous ninety-five yard touchdown yes. return. Um, we don't we don't need to break down the play all that much because you've all seen it by now. But I guess let's talk about Maurice Alexander and his chances to make the roster because it is kind of an interesting situation here. The Lions don't have a kick returner on the roster right mm-hmm. now, and this was a punt return, so it's not the same thing. They have a punt returner; they're not going to take Khalif off that, I don't think. Right. Um, but with no Justin Jackson and all the injuries happening at the wide, you know, Mims isn't playing. Mm-hmm. You have guys like Coda and 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 Drummond making arguments for themselves. How close is Alexander? Do you think to making a case for himself on the fifty-three? Uh, the thing is, is I don't think he looked great on offense. Right, yeah, he did drop a pass, um, but he he definitely is electric as a returner, and he can com- he can uh, compete in other phases of special teams as well, and yeah. so that makes him potentially valuable and when you're getting down to those last couple of roster spots you know could he could they keep a wide receiver six and could he be that guy even if he's not going to see the field on offense i I absolutely think that that's a possibility um at the same time i don't know if this roster is you know we've been talking about before like this roster is deep enough that i don't know if there's a spot for a guy who just does like you know one or two things and so Uh, that's one of the reasons why Justin Jackson was so valuable was because he could also contribute as on, on offense. And, you know, if if uh, Alexander shows a little bit more in the next two games offensively, I think that's really going to help his case. And I, I yeah. you know, until we see another kick returner, punt returner on the field, like he's 
gonna be the guy, right? Yeah. Like the fact that they they only used Dylan Drummond as the on as and he did one kick return. Yeah. And it was and, kind of a disaster. Yeah. Even though yeah. he got face masked and yeah. got fifteen free yards out of it. Yeah, it was um but he look, he if if it was a regular season game, he would have took a knee. But the fact yeah. is, is he was trying to make a he's he's trying to you know get noticed. He's trying to make a play, yeah. and it's the preseason, and so he's probably going to go for it. And, and who knows? Maybe they were given. Maybe they were told, no matter where you catch it, just go. Yeah, right. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, right. Um, but I mean, are you confident that Drummond can be your kick returner if he's going to be your wide receiver six over an Alexander who has shown? He has a history of like I, he had like his he was averaging like thirty something yards uh, on kick returns last year, right? On the like five that he did or whatever, right? So like, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting when you start when we start dissecting where things go because Alexander absolutely has the returner instincts. He 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 brings an element that really no one else on the roster has outside of you know Cleve Raymond. Yeah, and um. We'll have to see who, who else they use, right. right? If they can, if they can uncover someone that's serviceable, maybe that make that's gonna that would make Alexander's job a lot harder. But right now, he's he's in a good spot. Um, all right, any any other guys you want to tackle? I mean, we we can talk a little bit about some of the. the, the I think the RB three battle is is fascinating right now because everyone <laughs> keeps getting injured. There, um, <laughs> it's it's kind of an unfortunate situation. But like, no Craig Reynolds tonight, no um, Jamar Jefferson, Jefferson, and yeah. then Mo Ibrahim comes in for like three plays, gets injured, tries to come back, but I think he gets pulled again. Only has four yeah. rushes for nine yards in this game. So we saw a bunch of the new guys who we've barely seen in training camp right. in, in Divine Ozigbo and. and Benny Snell and they did okay. Yeah, and and I think people are going to look at how Snell did and and want to say like he's in the competition for RB three, and I think that's probably premature. <laughs> right, um, he's because, going against. Yeah, he's running against the Giants' third team defense. Like, yeah. So, you know, running against the third team defense, you should be getting three point eight yards right. per carry. Like, and so. You know, credit to him for for taking the holes that were there, but there were some pretty big holes yeah. um, on those interior. Like, uh, Coyote Oshika is was repping with the starters, started two games last year, and he was on the third team <laughs> offensive line. Right? Like, I thought he had a good game. Uh, I was surprised Bobby Hart had a good. Uh, I thought had played a well at, at right guard on that third team, um, but there were some holes for for Benny Snell. So, look. Benny's been in the league four years. Uh, Zigbo has been in the league like four years. So these guys have some experience. Nothing that they did, though, really like, I think, defined them being ahead of the, yeah. the returning Nothing has guys. vaulted them. Ahead. Yes. But it's, it's, I mean, they did what you want to do, which is sure. got the most out of, of their opportunities. Just nothing eye popping. And, right. you know, they only had what? Ozibo had 11 carries. That's Snell a lot. had six. Yeah. yeah, more than I thought. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll again we're one preseason game in. Let's not jump to any conclusions mm-hmm. here. But you know these other guys are going to have to get off these injured lists. And, and we even <laughs> we saw, you know we saw Ibrahim in, in the locker room and he didn't look like he was feeling very good. Yeah, a little ginger, a little gingerly, right? So, Walking around there. We'll see. Um, as the Lions come back to practice on Monday mm-hmm. and then Wednesday, joint practices start up all over against against Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – and then I think, you know, you get into a Saturday game in the afternoon. Yeah. A um, little bit more of a regular time for these guys. Um, 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they play against a different opponent, right? Sure. Like, I, and and with the joint practices again, I'm expecting a similar approach, right? Where you're going to rest a lot of starters, maybe even more than they did this week. Yeah. Um, like maybe Bugs doesn't make an appearance right this time, or or, or maybe Brock Wright doesn't, right? Um, but, um. I think joint practices are going to be really important to follow along with. And then, you know, hopefully we learn a little bit more when the game comes. Well, I think that will do it here from Ford Field. We will be back for all of our training camp podcasts once they start getting underway again next week. Um, but I think we'll leave it at that. Everyone, we, we stayed mostly healthy, which I think is always the, the biggest takeaway here with, yeah. with preseason games. And uh, we'll obviously know more about anything that did happen on Monday when the press conferences and the training camp fires back up but until then for eric i'm jeremy thank you all for listening we'll see you in a couple days 